Doesn't everybody just like agree that you you're going to you're going to have the whole bottle when you when you drink something? Like why do they do this? They they say, "Okay, well, so we're drinking this kombucha." Hello everybody. Welcome. Uh, we're drinking this kombucha and it says serving servings per so the serving size is 8 fluent ounces. 8 fluent a, ounces. 8 fluid ounces. Fluent. And there's two per container because it's a, like a 16 ounce thing. Mhm. But why don't, jeez, that was loud. Why don't they, like, why don't they just put 16 ounces? Like, why do they have to put two serving Because they're trying to make it one? look better than it actually is. But I agree with you. I'm not quite sure why. It just seems really weird. It just seems like, no, I, I get what they, why they do it. They want it. But, like, this doesn't even have, like, anything bad in it. Gosh It's like it. 35 calories. Cameron, our listeners have to hear us setting down these glass bottles on this hard table. From now on, put your cap on, okay? Oh, and you gotta on. put it on the ground. Come on, come on. Put come your drink on, on the carpet. If they're gonna listen to you gulping it, all show. <laughs> wow, I just hit the metal chair when I set it down. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything Comes From Something, wow. episode You're about to mess 17. <laughs> It's because I realized that this mic is too low yeah. and I'm getting scoliosis. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got a special episode for you today. We also have a special chair today because we went to like off-rate Goodwill and picked up a chair. It was like new in the box. It's for you, Cameron. For 10 bucks. $10, a brand new Office Max chair. Yeah. Pretty We're impressive. lucky guys. We're thrifty. Thrifty. We didn't even use our Patreon money. I just bought it outright. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of 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 that of the the dough that we're rolling in, just kidding. Um I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for for the things that we have planned. We've got a couple we've got a couple things lined up. I'm really excited to to expand. It's going to be great. It is going to be cool. That's a huge shout out to our Patreon producer, Darren O'Neill. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you, Darren. You continue to support us. That's great. If you guys want to join Darren in his support for Everything Comes From Something, you can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast. Mm -hmm. And you can send any sort of love and support our way. We don't have many followers, so now's the time to hop in on that. We'll Definitely. actually message you and talk to you. Definitely. So that'll be the fun part. Anyways, how are you, Cameron? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well myself. <laughs> That's good. He's got a beard now. It's, I it's, have a beard for this episode. It's interesting. I, I you know, I like it. I, it looks good. Looks Thank good. You. Thank you. You know who else had a beard? Abraham Lincoln. He actually. So interesting thing about Abraham Lincoln's beard is people thought he was really ugly. Um, wow. And so, so people were like, "Hey, you got to grow a beard now." <laughs> That's so funny. I always think of the episode of The Office where Gabe is like Abraham Lincoln for all the tourists at Gettysburg, <laughs> and now I only see Abraham Lincoln as Gabe sure, from The yeah. Office. Sure, makes sense. Oh man, episode seventeen is about president assassinations. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. It's Everything comes really from something one. is a hodgepodge of a show. <laughs> All right. This we'll give about anything. This is this is this doesn't have uh, have a theme or any. I mean, it's got a theme, but it really, you know, it doesn't... really, our show is to some degree about history. Yeah, uh, to some, yeah, to some degree. You I know? think we just like talking about things. Let's everything comes from something, okay? And so do our president assassinations. So and we're going to so give do you vice presidents who become presidents. Wow, we're going to be talking about the four. United States American assassinations, not to be redundant. United States American assassinations. That was a good sentence, Isaac. 
It's great. It's great. At least I've tried to tone down the amount of ums, likes, and you knows when we're speaking. Sure. You just string together random words. That's the point. Together. That is all podcasting is. That's true. That's but we got a we got a head start on it because we didn't hit our like mid thirties crisis where we start a podcast because we realized we hate we our jobs. Yeah, we didn't do anything. Yet. We haven't even got real jobs yet. I know exactly. We're bums already. Yep. Beat you to it, kids. <laughs> So yeah. episode 17 is about assassinated presidents. Yes. I feel like I have a lot to catch up with you on in okay. terms of like just what's going on, but we'll save that for the post show. Yeah, let's let's, let's get into let's the content that. for our listeners. Dang. So this I think this one's going to be real good. How many assassinations were there? there I already been, said it. There have been four presidents who are assassinated. Can you turn me down a little bit? I think I'm peeking. Um <sighs> there have been yeah, four presidents um who have been assassinated. Uh, several more assassination attempts, um, like a lot more assassination attempts. Um, there like, were, do you like know how many one, assassinations? One, two, three, four, five, six. My favorite, Seven, 17. My 17. favorite section is the possible president. I know. Yeah. <laughs> deaths rumored to be assassinations. Oh boy. That, that's a weird one. That's a cynical approach. That's a weird Thanks one. Wikipedia. <laughs> um, yeah. But, so I would like. First off, before we get into the rest of of our very hard researched um, <laughs> as assassination uh, knowledge, I would like to give a shout out to Who's this? to a couple assassination attempts that I think are notable and amazing. These are not the kind of these were Cameron. Not supposed to. Sh- well, they're probably all <laughs> dead, so it doesn't really matter. Well, well, no, no, no. Okay, you'll you'll see why. Okay, all right. So let's hear it. my first uh, shout out to assassination attempts is the assassination attempt on Andrew Jackson mm. uh, because the guy, he, he, he had two dueling pistols and he fired at both of them at Andrew Jackson, both of them which misfired, and Andrew Jackson beat the living crap out of him. How old is Andrew Jackson? <laughs> um, I think at During this, this assassination? Point, he was pretty old. I can't remember. I, I can't remember exactly, so I don't want to say. But The chances of both pistols misfiring... I know that's that's a theme I think that you'll come up with. A lot of these assassination attempts, like there were, they they were just misfiring guns. As it's, a, it's crazy. The Lord has spoken. Yeah, I know. these assassinations right. will not take place. Yeah. Um, another one that's pretty notable is Ronald Reagan. Oh no, actually, before I go to Ronald Reagan, um, Teddy Roosevelt was shot, and he gave a speech. <laughs> this was so he was running. Um, uh, he was running for president at this point. Uh-huh, it was uh-huh. his second time, I believe. Um, and he was um, he was shot. Uh, um, he was shot before his speech was supposed to take place. And he ends up giving the speech, and in the middle, he he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know uh, whether you are, you fully understand that I have just been shot, but it takes more than that to kill a bull moose." <laughs> Man, Teddy Roosevelt's a little. A little cocky, if I'm being honest. He's great. He's that, that's funny. Come on. All right. What other shot. what other notable ones you got? Um, and then you know Ronald Reagan. You got to give it to him. Uh, he he was actually. I mean, like like there are pictures. The interesting thing about that one is there's like pictures of right right as it's happening and stuff. That that one's Jeez. pretty interesting to um to look at. And so um he uh he he gets he gets shot um and um. Yeah, and it uh, goes to the hospital, but 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 he's fine. So it was it was all good. Wow, it's all good. All good. It was all good. 
Yeah. So I think those are the notable ones where like somebody actually got injured, you know. Right, right. Um, so yeah, but the first the first president who was assassinated successfully. Um you might have heard of him. His name was Abraham Lincoln. Now, before we get going, real quick. Okay. We split the four presidents in terms of research, yes. just for time's sake. We Cameron, did. you have the first two historical presidents yes. who are assassinated, yes. and I have the last two. But that doesn't mean I won't be chiming in. Just consider this me learning with you, audience. Hopefully I will speak for you. But sure. you can always speak to us on our social media <laughs> and all that. Good one. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Support us. We will. So this, this one is a little interesting. Um, I'd actually like to take it back um, a little bit before April 14th, which is the day of the assassination. Um, John, James Wilkes Booth. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, not James Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth. Thank you Gosh, for fixing that. I already got it wrong. Um, he was a pretty well-known actor um, uh, who grew up in Maryland. And actor? Yes. He was I never actor. knew he was an actor. Yeah, he was a, he was a stage actor. Wow. Um, ironic and he actually he he was i don't think he was in that play but he had done plays at the ford's theater Hmm. um and he knew he knew that play by heart but i'll get to that later okay um so he uh he obviously is the uh the the killer of of abraham lincoln uh but he was born in maryland and um was a huge confederate sympathizer um he was actually at the uh, at the hanging of John Brown, who was an abolitionist um, who uh, led a failed raid on Harper's Ferry. I don't know if you know this story. I know I know Harper's Ferry. Yeah, Armory. okay. So um, I actually wrote a paper about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so so he was there at the at the hanging of John Brown. Um, so obviously very uh, very anti-abolitionist guy. right. Um, uh, the interesting thing was Lincoln was actually a fan of John Wilkes Booth. Um, as an actor, so he that is wow, yeah. So um, he had invited him to the White House on several occasions, um, but John Wilkes Booth never, uh, never came and accepted the invitation. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, Booth was on um, was was literally above Lincoln um, on his inauguration day. Mm. Um, like he had a clear bird's eye view of, of Lincoln, um, during his inauguration. And he even wrote in a, in one of his journals, what an excellent chance I had if I wished to kill the president on inauguration day. Dang. Um, yeah. So he, I mean, obviously he, he really did not like, did not like Lincoln. Um, yeah, he sounds a little wound up to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he, now are you, are you saying that he's a little crazy? No, 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 no. He he's not. He he's just um he's just a Confederate um sympathizer. He just mm-hmm. really loved the Confederacy, hated hated Abraham Lincoln. Right. Um so, you know, someone's rolling their trash can out. <laughs> um <laughs> 3:39 in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, I don't think the garbage truck's coming. What? <laughs> Just our luck. Okay, keep going. Um, so before this, um, he had planned, uh, along with a couple co-conspirators, he had planned to kidnap um, President Lincoln because uh, there, there was there was some hubbub that he was he was very mad that um, Lincoln suspended 
essentially um, like trading um, Confederate generals. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wouldn't release um, POWs, Confederate POWs, um, because essentially they were trying to win a war of attrition. They they wanted um, the the Confederacy to to not have as many men. Uh-huh. Um, and so Lincoln suspended um, you know trades and and releasing POWs. Um, and so he was he was really pissed off about that. Um, and he tried to uh, he tried to kidnap uh, the president in April, a month earlier, a month before. Yeah, exactly. Except in a more serious way than Mr. President, <laughs> I have to kidnap you. And steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> That's our obligatory uh, national treasure reference. What if for anybody national treasures Nicholas Cage character is based on John Wilkes Booth? So if you've seen National Treasure two, it opens with the assassination of of Abraham Lincoln. Oh crap! I didn't even remember that. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> it's a good scene actually. The only good scene in that movie. Wow. Um, doesn't have anything to do with I always like the scene where Nicolas Cage sticks his hand into a rock and says, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, But he yeah, actually sure. tricked everyone. Yeah. He and I had everyone. nightmares about sticking my hand into rocks. Sure. For the rest makes of sense. My life. I mean, I had those from, from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh. Uh, where he sticks his hand, where she sticks her hand into the bug, ki- Ooh, bug hole. You know Ooh, I mean? hate that. Yeah. That that that's gross. That's gross. Yeah. Resident Evil 7 has a bunch of gross bug things. That's why I never <laughs> bought that game. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, he, he tried to kidnap the president a month earlier, uh, but Lincoln didn't, didn't, um, uh, didn't attend the play that day. Oof. So. Too busy. Uh, yes. Too busy. So, um, at 7 p.m. on the 14th, uh, this is um, April the 14th. The night of. Um, yes. Booth met with his co-conspirators. Um, who essentially they were plotting to, um, is there like construction work outside? <laughs> it's just freaking Glenn in the bathroom behind us, uh, but I don't think anyone can hear it. Yeah. No, it's Keep fine. going. Um, so, uh, they had actually planned to assassinate not just the president, but also the secretary of state, William Seward and the vice president, Andrew Johnson, um, so all, a at large, the, all at the same time. A large portion of the executive leadership. Yeah, and interestingly, I wrote this down, um, if the plot was successful, um, the line of succession would have temporarily gone to the president pro tempore, um, uh, who was named Lafayette Sabine Foster. So, like, imagine um, imagine being that guy and being like, oh, I was almost president. <laughs> you wow. Know? Yeah, and, like, nobody remembers him. Nobody knows who that guy is. But, yeah, he, he was almost president for, for a night. Um, well, who did they fail to assassinate? Then? So, um, yeah, I could get to this before before going into it. Um, because I want to know, mind. like, if they had a plot. Yeah, they did. So, um, the... Um, let me just get... Um, this, this back. Okay, you're looking up something? Yeah. For sure. That's interesting, because I don't... I think most people just think of John Wilkes Booth as the, the guy who shot Lincoln in the back of the head, mm-hmm. and there's nothing else to yeah, it. Yeah, they forget right? that he's an actor. But he was, like, a celebrity at the time. He was, like, he was like legitimately, like, well-known. Mm. Um, okay, so so uh, this guy, Powell, one of his... Lewis Powell, one of his co- Booth's co-conspirators, uh-huh. um, was assigned to kill the Secretary of State, um, William H. Seward. Um, 
he was bedridden at the time after a, um, an accident where he was thrown from his carriage. Um, and so wow. he... Unlucky, dude. Um, Couldn't be the assassin he always dreamed of. No, 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 no. Um, a secretary of state, William oh. Seward. So, oh, so Stewart was bedridden. He was pretty much off the table yeah. in that degree. He yeah. was out of so commission. So basically what he was doing, what Powell tried to do, was he went in and he he pretended to be a, a medical examiner who had who had medicine. Weird. But the daughter and the and the son were like, eh, I don't think so. And so <laughs> and so he shot um, he uh, the the son Frederick Seward. Um, he he pulled a gun and tried to shoot at him, but it didn't what? go off. Um, and then he and then he went in to um, to. Um, William Seward's room and tried to stab him in the neck, but he had a neck brace on. <laughs> so he had a neck brace on, and uh, and it didn't it didn't puncture his jaw. It like was very close to puncturing his wow. jugular. Wow. Um, so he w- he survived. Um, uh, and but he had some scars on his face, on mm-hmm. his face, but mm-hmm. he he was he was fine. Um, what a nightmare. I know. Yeah, B- being thrown off of a carriage. Being bedridden with like he had like a bunch of like you're sitting broken there with your a, craft mac and cheese and you're like what could be worse <laughs> than this and a guy comes in and tries to stab your neck he had cast a, or he had a concussion a broken jaw and a broken arm as he was trying to 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 as he was being you know unsuccessfully assassinated <laughs> I just picture him having like the the voice of Ross or yeah Ross from Friends. Oh man, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like just like exhausted, or like he's just like, oh, yeah. man, this what a pain. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay. So actually, technically, it wasn't a neck brace. I got it wrong. Uh, Wikipedia is correcting me. Oh it was like gosh. it was like to hold the jaw in place. Oh um, okay. But he was like you know because he covered. fell off the carriage and his head was beat up. Yeah, exactly. Um, got it. And okay, um, what about the other two? This other guy, um, George Atzerott. I don't know how to say his name, but he was assigned to kill Andrew Johnson. Um, and what position was Andrew Johnson? Vice president. Vice. That's what I yeah. thought. Um, and uh, he just he was at, he went to the hotel where Andrew Johnson was staying, uh-huh. and eventually he went down to the bar and he just got drunk. <laughs> just got hammered. Getting, he and foiled then, his own plans. Yeah, he foiled his own plans, and then he he like threw the knife into the street and like walked down the street to his own house. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. All so, right. Well, um, so that one was a little little less eventful, but gruesome. Jeez. Um, yeah. So so Booth was the only person who was successful in this. So were the, there were three targets. There were three targets. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then it would have gone to the president pro tempore. Um, so, uh, yeah, so um, Booth uh, knew this play, like, perfectly. He knew all of the, all of the lines of the play, knew what was going to, to, to make the audience laugh. And so there was one specific line that he knew would, would people, the audience, often laughed at. Um, the line was, here, if I can get it. Um, well, I guess I know enough to turn you inside out. Old gal, you sock dologizing old man trap. <laughs> what the heck? That was the line in the play where. <laughs> well, um, I mean, it does sound a little risque yeah, to some degree, risque, yeah. but um, so so um, he those eighteen hundred folk, man, they dirty. Yeah, I know. Um, he he enters the president's box, um, and 
puts a stick in the door um, to to lock it behind him. Um, and as they as they say that that line, excuse me, um, as they say that line, he shoots um, he shoots the president at the uproar. Yes, um, to to hide his very methodical. His exactly. This is why very I say like Mission Impossible. He's not he's not a crazy guy. He's not. He was very. He's a little much, bit more of a genius psychopath. He was very calculated. Yeah, yeah very, very calculated. weird. Um, not the case with the rest of these no, assassins. No, 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 no. We'll get to them. Um, so he shoots the president, um, and uh, there was a major um, in the president's box as well. So uh-huh. it was it was the president, um, Mary Mary Todd, um, and uh, who's the president's wife? If mm-hmm. anybody doesn't know, um, and this major, um, his name was. Um, Henry Rathbone and his fiance. Uh, they the four of them were in the box. Um, and Major Rathbone um, jumps up after he hears the shot um, and tries to tackle um, uh, Booth. Uh, but Booth has an so he knocks the gun out of his hand uh-huh. and Booth has a knife and he stabs uh, Major Rathbone in the arm um, and then jumps out of the box, which is like a twelve foot jump. So right. it's, it's long, and and his spur he had spurs. Um, on his boots and they got caught in one of the uh in the curtains in the curtains um, jumping off so yeah like and so he lands down. he lands weird yeah um, on the stage and people thought it was a part of the play at first uh-huh. um like because he he he's an know, actor right he's well known he's an actor and he used the the laughter to cover up the shot so so most people didn't hear it um, the only people who heard it really were were the people in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so he jumps down, um, and he he holds the knife above his head, um, and there's there's actually some dispute about what he says. Okay, um, it's thought that he he yells "Six Semper Tyrannis," meaning "Thus always the tyrant." Um, uh, but but some witnesses. What was that sound? Sorry, it was the Taco Bell. It was my <laughs> I was stomach. like, "What the heck?" <laughs> Sorry, keep going. The witnesses. Um, the, some of some of the witnesses say that he he yelled something like "Revenge uh, for the South" or something to that. Yeah, because he was a sympathizer. Correct. Yeah, and and this was right after the war had ended. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, it was like I don't know, maybe a month or so after the war ended, um, and so. Um, he, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I'd like to, I'd like to think that he says he sa- he holds a knife over his head and yells something in Latin. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, it's, it's disputed. So eventually he, um, he runs out, uh, of the, of the theater, um, gets on a horse and, um, is basically just gone for 12 days. And Twelve so they, days? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, when I learned about this in grade school, I always thought they hunted him down that night. No, they hunted him down for twelve days. So Jeez. he went. He went. I think he rode like something like seventy miles or something. Like he was. He was going all over the place. That poor horse. Through, it's like your spurs have freaking curtains in them. <laughs> <laughs> he he went through Maryland and um, he ended up in a farmhouse in Virginia, mm-hmm. um, and uh, with. He, he he pretended that he was somebody else um and the the owners let him stay in the barn right, right. um and he he pretended that he was a he was a, a confederate soldier mm. um who was wounded or something um and and yeah so he um he was hiding out in this barn and uh, union soldiers got wind that he was he was hiding there 
And so they surrounded the barn um, and they, they told him to come out and he wouldn't come out. And he and they they lit the barn on fire um, and he uh, he eventually ran out and they shot him. Um, they shot him in the uh, in the neck. Yeah. So and actually one of the sol- the soldier who shot him. Um, they thought about disciplining him because the uh, they wanted him alive. Really? Yeah. So, well, that Booth was always known for his drama. I know he was. So, I mean, I think I think that's an in- a really interesting story. Um, I never knew he was so calculated. Yeah, I think that's what sort of surprised me from yeah. this research because I always considered it more of a storybook, and I think that's how most people read into these. Mm. assassinations now the next two presidents well, hold on i i do have one more i would say that was like the list of hard facts i think there are a couple more disputed or or folklore facts that i'd like to that i'd like to, that i think are really interesting okay hit me with them. so a couple days before his death lincoln had a dream about uh, the white where he was walking the halls of the White House. Okay. Um, and he saw and he sees a, um, yeah. I'll I'll just read you um part of his uh, what he says. Okay. Um, he sees um a a corpse um in one of the in one of the rooms. And he says around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as guards, and there was a throng of people gazing gazing mournfully upon the corpse whose face was covered, others weeping pitifully. Who is dead in the White House? I demanded of one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so Lincoln writes this down, what, like three days before? Um, so he... Um, I, I can't... Th- this is why I can't really uh, confirm this. Um, but uh, people... It was it was written down by Ward Hill uh, Lamon, um, who was uh, the bodyguard of of President Lincoln. So you're saying this bodyguard recalled this conversation that yes. he had with Lincoln? Yes. Very interesting. Yeah. So also much more interesting if it's actually true. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Such a weird. Yeah. Such a weird, weird, weird thing. What else? Um, he um, that day. Uh, Lincoln um, said that he um, was very happy. Like he he told Mary Todd that he was he was very very happy that day uh, for some reason, and she said that that kind of talk could bring about bad luck. Jeez. Um, so yeah, some uh, you know eighteen hundred Final Destination work. I know there. it really is. It really is. Um, and so very tragic too, because I I a lot of people hold. Lincoln uh, with high regard. And I think it's because of his stature as more of a common person, right? Yeah, yeah. And yet he's fairly intellectual. Oh, yeah. In terms of the way he thinks and consumes his surroundings. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I think that's why this first assassination was almost just as heavy. Uh, well, heavy for, for half of the country and joyful for, you know, the... The half that had just lost the war, you know. But I would say, in terms of American history, the first assassination definitely. couldn't have been more impactful. Definitely, you know? definitely, that's true. Very, um, there, uh, very tragic. I do have one more um, kind of folklore thing. Okay, let's hear. It. Um, he that day, um, Mary Lincoln had a headache and wanted to stay home, um, but Lincoln said that that he had to attend the. Uh, 
It's uh, like pulling teeth, dude. I know. It's I like know. pulling teeth. <laughs> he said that he had to attend the, the play because he had already told the newspapers that he would. Oh. <laughs> well, I hope those newspapers are happy. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. So, so I know I transitioned just a little early, but the next two presidents, not many people know about yeah. these assassinations. Yeah. I Which think I that, think is interesting. I, 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 I think this next one is pretty interesting. I couldn't name because we were talking about this before we started recording we're like we should do an episode on president assassinations and we were originally going to talk about you know if these president presidents are overrated or not but we actually got lost in just the research of what actually happened in these events yeah so these presidents clearly are not overrated because no one can even remember their names (laughs) um if you do love american history you might know them but let's start with the first one yes so uh james garfield uh, James A. Garfield. Um, he was um, elected in 1880, uh-huh. um, and there was at the at the time there was kind of a lot of instability in the Republican Party, um, which was his party. Uh, there were two different factions essentially um, who were trying to to gain support, and so um, there was kind of a really hot um, primary uh, nomination. Um, so. There was this guy. His name was Charles Guiteau, I think. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, he was he was a writer, but kind of he w- he was kind of a nobody actually. Um, he had a bunch of like failed business ventures. Um, oh, one of these people. And and I think he he like tried to do something where he like tried to scam a certain church out of like money collecting or something. He had he had a couple like, you know, pretty off things. A little nutty. Yeah. He was de- well, he was definitely nutty, but I'll I'll get to that. Okay. Um so he um he wrote a speech that was in support of Ulysses S. Grant. Um and uh, who was who was like the the early front runner um uh, for the Republican nomination. Um Grant So Grant was still part of the Republican Party running against Garfield. Yeah, so it was the it was the primary got it, got it, got it. Uh, nomination, um, and so so yeah, it was it was Grant and Garfield, but originally Grant was was um, you know looked at as the as the front runner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but eventually uh, the tides turned in in Garfield's favor, and he he won the nomination. And so um, being the uh, opportunist that he was, Gatu. Um, uh, rewrote his speech in support of 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 Garfield instead. The same the same uh, speech yeah, that he same, gave to the Grant. same speech. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and this interestingly though, the speech was never like he never gave the speech because nobody nobody cared about him. Like <laughs> he would he didn't nobody knew who he was, but he did publish it um at one point and you know I think he sold a couple a, a couple copies around the area. This Charles guy he reminds me of Eddie Brock in Spider Man Three. <laughs> Who's that actor that plays him? I can't remember. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. I'll right. look it up. Um, so, so it, it basically the speech basically didn't do anything. Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Yeah, 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 <laughs> this yeah, guy. Yeah. I just picture him as Topher Grace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, yeah. So the speech was pretty ineffective. Um, but he was convinced. This this crazy guy was convinced. Topher Grace that he uh, he had won the presidency for for Garfield. He was like, it was my speech that no one said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Classic. Um, if only he had Twitter. So actually, interestingly enough, his 
his family had all disowned him because he they they called him they they thought he was crazy <laughs> in 19, in 1875 um and so they tried to get him institutionalized, but he escaped. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so, so he he went to D.C. and he you know wrote the speech. He was interested in politics and whatnot. Um, and um, but he was like so convinced that this speech uh, had had won Garfield the presidency that he kept on demanding that that Garfield pay him and award him a cabinet position. And so he's hungry for power. I mean, I think he just wanted a job. I think he might have just wanted attention, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Poor old Topher Grace. <laughs> <laughs> so he um, he wanted to be a diplomat in Vienna, but he said at one point he would settle for for being a diplomat in Paris. Oh man! <laughs> but he kept he kept so he had no money at this point. Yeah, like absolutely yeah. no money, and so he would basically like loiter in places he would go into restaurants and then sneak out before his bill came um oh my gosh he he didn't change his clothes uh because he didn't have anything to change into right um and so he you know and he lived in this like this hotel and he kept he kept loitering around um uh, around the white house and and a couple other you know prominent buildings yeah area harassing cabinet members um, and oh, okay, I and know Republican members. All right, here's the thing, though. All right, I know people like this, <laughs> and, and if you don't know someone like this, it might not as be like as cringy. But I know people like yeah, this. Okay, yeah, yeah. where they're like they want to be involved, and you've told them you're not involved, and they still keep showing up. And you're like, <laughs> just leave, just go away. <laughs> I know that sounds mean, but if you, yeah. But the thing about it was he kept. He kept coming in in the same clothes, and over over time, people started to get the drift that like, dude, this guy's crazy. Like they thought they they were like not having it. They were starting to get the drift. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The smell. Same clothes. Um, and so at one point, the Secretary of State said, "Never speak to me again of the Paris consulship as long as you live." <laughs> Because he was so fed so up. proper. He was so fed up with with this guy coming around. And har- he was basically just like harassing people outside of buildings. Like he, you know, he was he was pretty insane. He's an opportunist. What can you say, man? That's what it takes, right? So at one point, he gets it in his mind that that God has told him to to kill the president, <laughs> um, and uh, he borrows fifteen dollars from uh, from I think one like his um, his his brother-in-law or something. Yeah, he somehow um, gets the money. He borrows $15 uh, in order to buy a pistol. Um, and he wanted to buy, interestingly, he wanted to buy the the um, the highest caliber pistol that they that they had in the shop. Uh-huh. Um, and so there were two models of that pistol. One had a wooden handle and one had an ivory handle. And he bought the ivory-handled one <laughs> because he thought it would look better in a museum oh. after he shot the president. <laughs> Just one eye is a little cross-eyed. He's like, "This is perfect." <laughs> and and so it was. 
the 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 ivory handled pistol was sixteen dollars, and he oh, couldn't afford it. Man. He couldn't afford it. So so the the shopkeeper was like, "All right, we'll we'll get it'll be fifteen dollars for you." Oh my gosh! <laughs> Pats him on the head, gives him a lollipop out exactly, the door. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna change the world. <laughs> So he keeps, like, he's been planning, he had been planning this for, like, months at this point. Like, he was, you know. What else does he have to do? He's just wandering around on the street. Exactly. Telling people he's important. Um, And actually, the first time that he fired this pistol, he, uh, it it almost knocked him over. Because he, like, he didn't shoot or anything. Yeah, right. He was not a a gunman or anything. Um, But he, so uh, Garfield was, was about to go on vacation. Um, and so he, uh, he was leaving from the Potomac, Potomac, I don't know how to say this, Potomac, maybe that's it. You got it. Potomac Railroad Station. And, um, in the, in the waiting room, um, he's, he's sitting there with, with his gun. Um, and he, uh, as, as Garfield enters, enters, he, he gets up, um, and he shoots him twice. Uh, f- the first time he shoots him, it, it, it hits his it hits his shoulder, and I think he says some. Uh, Garfield says something like, "What is that?" <laughs> Speaking of the gun, um, and then he shoots him again in uh, in the back. He he like slumps over. Jeez. Um, and so, um, so yeah, he he, after he shoots Garfield, this this is really interesting. He puts the gun back in his uh, uh back in his pocket. Uh, and he tries to leave um, the railroad station, but he just like walks away. He turns around and walks away right. after shooting the president. Um, and uh, the police officer uh, comes over, and he and he because he hears the shots, right, right. And he he stops uh, he stops Guiteau, and he's like, "What did you shoot the president for?" <laughs> Just again, one of those proper things. <laughs> Never speak to me again in your life. Yeah. Why did you shoot the president? It's just like that's a good question. Why did you shoot you the just, president? You, you just picture this guy, Charles, <laughs> just like looking at him with like one lazy eye, like, like <laughs> I don't know, sir. I'm why did you shoot the president? <laughs> and so he um uh Essentially, Garfield would have survived this shot. Um, it goes through his shoulder and through, I think, his pancreas, uh-huh. um, and gets lodged. It, it misses his spine by by only a little bit, and and gets lodged in his, um, you know, in, in his abdomen. Right. Um, and so the the doctors at the time um, didn't believe in sterilization. <laughs> um, like oh. this was this was a thing. It, it was like they. It's like the whole uh, vaccination thing. No, no, no. It was just like a new process. No, I know, but I'm saying like it's like a weird, bad science. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, um, they they kept for like so he was he, Garfield survived for eleven weeks after this. Jeez. Um, and he was bedridden. Obviously, he couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't get food down. So oh. he he lost something like. Like sixty five pounds. Oh my gosh! Um, I mean, he was a big guy before, but yeah. um, he uh, the the doctors kept like inserting their fingers and and like dirty surgical tools into Ugh, his stop it, Cameron, <laughs> into his wounds, and and so he died from 
Not not even from the gunshot. He died from an infection. So who are the true assassins then? Yeah. So that's actually interestingly enough. Interesting that you that you bring that up. Um, on his trial, on Gatou's trial, he said. Um, <laughs> at one point he argued that Garfield was not killed by him uh, but by medical malpractice wow. I deny the killing if your honor please, please we admit the shooting <laughs> <laughs> what is he Gollum yeah exactly uh, yeah, so, read that again uh, it, I deny the killing if your honor please we admit the shooting we who's we he's a crazy man dude. <laughs> he's crazy um, yeah so uh, but uh, I don't think that I don't think that worked out really well. Well, uh, Rip Garfield. He he um uh he was found guilty. Uh hopefully. And hanged on June thirtieth. Yeah. Um he famously danced his way up to the gallows oh, and waved at the audience. Gosh, this guy <laughs> shook the hands with the executioner and as a last <laughs> as a last request recited a poem that he had written <laughs> called I Am Going to the Lordy. Yeah, you mean to say we are going to the Lordy. I know, right? exactly. <laughs> so Wow. Yeah, crazy not, guy. Not a booth. Not a booth. No. Much more of a psycho. Yes. Very so, much a psycho. He knew none of that, ever. Yeah, interesting, though. Interesting. It is strange. Our next president is the 25th president. William McKinley was assassinated. Not as interesting as Garfield, to a sad degree, but it happened on September 6th, 1901, and he was shot twice in the gut at the Temple of Music in Buffalo, New York. Now, it was the crime was committed by Leon Claws or What's something. What's up with like assassin? Like these, these. He's got a C Z O L O G O S Z. Two Z's in the name. I don't even. Saul Gauz. Saul Gauz. And Saul Gauz, man, he's just an anarchist. So he uh, was carrying a revolver wrapped in his arm. And what's funny is that the president was there at this event, just greeting people. Right. <laughs> so Saul Gauz, he didn't. He didn't, like, just shoot the president. He waited in line to meet the president, uh, which is uh, weird. And so, essentially, McKinley, he extended his hand for a handshake, and Klaugas slapped his hand aside and then shot him twice in the gut. But what's interesting is that the first shot didn't actually shoot him in the stomach. The first shot bounced off a button or a metal what? that McKinley was wearing and hit him in the arm. It, like, ricocheted off. And then the second shot hit him in the gut. Oh, okay. Now, McKinley died seven days later, which, I mean, that, that sucks that it took that long. You know? Oh, you know, sorry. One thing that we should point out um, is after Abraham Lincoln, we should, we should go to the succession okay. part of this. So Abraham Lincoln succeeded by Andrew Johnson. Uh-huh. Um, Garfield succeeded by Chester A. Arthur. Who was, who was the, the president after... 26th McKinley 26th president um Teddy Roosevelt yes I sh- we should have known that yeah we should I feel like I was I was gonna guess that okay I'm just saying so, I'm really, says you really smart guys. okay so so anyways goes. pretty straightforward I don't want to take too much time on this one because JFK is a big subject oh, yeah okay but he did say Uh, Leon said, I killed the president because he was the enemy of the good people. Very anarchist. Uh, Of the good working people. I'm not sorry for my crime. I'm sorry I could not see my father. Uh, He had some family problems. I was reading into his history. 
kind of had a tough upbringing and clearly driven by political motives. Um, but it, it, it's, it's straightforward. But what's interesting about this assassination, the third assassination, finally Congress decided to do something about these <laughs> presidential assassinations. This is where they first directed the Secret Service to begin protecting the President of the United States as part of a mandate mm. for assassinations. Now, we did list that there were a bunch of assassinations that occurred, right? Attempts. Attempts but that were it, not successful. There were actually only three before, before this one, I think. Exactly. Yeah, and so. so with the amount of assassinations that have taken place, you got to give some credit to the Secret Service actually yeah. fulfilling that role of protection. Now, or guns that just didn't fire, <laughs> right? Which is something that continually happened. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> the Secret Service was, of course, with JFK. So we're gonna get into JFK. There's a lot of theories on this, oh, and it, and it's a very it's a very interesting topic. So I'll kind of run through a brief overview. If you don't know, a lot of these things, you'll probably nod your head and be like, "Yes, I knew this already." But we're we're gonna kind of discuss some of these different ideas that are way out there, and a lot of the evidence is like this should be a Lego set. Oh gosh. <laughs> so Friday, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, Dallas, Texas. President John F. Kennedy was riding with his wife, Texas Governor John Conley, and Conley's wife, in a open roof car, mm-hmm. right, going down on parade. In a motorcade. Right. And he was also accompanied by two Secret Service agents. Mm-hmm. Now, there is footage of this assassination, live footage. Uh, there were two shots that JFK was injured by. Uh, also, John Conley was injured. There, I think there were three shots fired, weren't there? Or was it there only more? said two? There was one shot to his neck and then the head. Because you see in the footage, the first time he starts, yeah, holding yeah. his neck tie, right, and then you know at this loud parade, it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. So three rifle shots, um, but only two hit. Yeah, I think, I think so. That's what it was. Um. <clears throat> And the assassination uh, on the books was committed by Lee Harvey Oswald, who was a former U.S. Marine and a Marxist. An uh, avid fan of the Soviet Union. Right. And we're going to get into that and why that is. Yeah. See, JFK was the only assassinated president to die on the same day of his injuries, and he was taken to... Let's see. What what's the name of the I know this, hold on. He was taken to a hospital. And I know the name of the hospital, but I cannot remember. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Um Parkland Hospital. Yes. Remember that. Yes, yes. The Parkland Hospital is very important. Important. JFK uh announced dead thirty minutes after the shots at the Parkland Hospital. Well, I mean he yeah. If you look, if you see the footage, he's, it's pretty, dead. he's dead instantly. It's pretty awful. Yeah. You see, like, parts of his head come off. Yeah. It's not pretty. I had to watch this scene over and over again. So it's, like, engraved in my head because of my middle school history teacher. In the, um, um, I believe in, like, one of Jackie's memoirs, she, like, talks about it. And, yeah. In very graphic detail. It's not pretty. It's an awful thing. Yeah. And now I want to. I just want to say this: like we're not talking about presidential assassinations out of any sort of glory, right? No, no, no. Um, everything comes from something. 
is to some degree a historical approach. And it's interesting to see and look at these things in different lights. And I think what's really interesting about the JFK assassination, the reason a lot of people bring it up is because how shady it is. Definitely. And it starts... And Well, I would say not even necessarily shady, but like very mysterious. There's just so much going on. So let's start with Lee Harvey Oswald before we get what happens to him. Now, just just to kind of continue our story, after JFK is shot at, Oswald actually commits another murder, killing a police officer. Um, <clears throat> let's see. He kills... I am so sorry for this. Um... Officer Tippy. So he kills JFK on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. So he's up in a bunker, or not a bunker, a sniper's nest to some degree. Yeah. Now there's a big gun theory around this where the gun that Lee Harvey Oswald bought for $30, a secondhand rifle, uh, could not be fired as that, fast as it was. That many times, yeah. Right. And, and this is one of the biggest problems. There's a huge, there's huge theories about second a second shooter because yeah. the amount of shots you hear in the tape could not have been shot that fast by that rifle, especially not by um, Lee Harvey Oswald, who, although we said was a Marine from his military record is not a very good shot. Right. Yeah. He was first classified as a marksman. Um, but then well, he, okay, okay. his score is degraded and he ended up having a gun incident uh, through training where he shot himself in the arm. So he's a little bit of a klutz through his military career. Let's let's uh, let's not just totally discount him though because he he shot the president with pretty high accuracy. Like he he did pretty well right <laughs> as far as things go. So he seemed yeah, he seemed to have done pretty well. There's some weird theories about secondary shooters there's this one theory about like an umbrella guy that i read into really uh and it was a sunny day and there's a guy who has an umbrella who holds the umbrella up towards the president in the footage or something like that now now this guy holding the umbrella has been interviewed and he said i had the umbrella because it's a mark against uh the jfk family there's some history behind the whole umbrella thing I didn't want to get into that, but the theory was that there <laughs> was a weird. there was a poison dart in the umbrella. No, which is that's stupid. stupid. Yeah, there, there's no sign of that. But I just I do think it's interesting. There's also a. Grass- Don't we have the ballistics report that it was the same? This is the same am- ammunition. Yeah, I'm not sure. There, there's there was another. Um, theory about the grassy knoll yeah but it was i don't believe that it was actually disproven through like acoustic studies of the footage right right right. um which is funny because i actually thought that was a valid thing until i read some of the studies on that yeah so let's get into oswald he's got an interesting life he serves as a u.s marine for a while he actually signs up at 17 gets into the army early because he signed under his brother's name Mm. uh claimed by his brother so he really kind of skips out on figuring out who he is. 17, episode 17. Yeah, dude, that's kind of crazy. When he's done with uh, being a U.S. Marine, he takes his savings and wants to go visit Russia, okay? So he heads over to Russia, and he's got 1500 bucks in his pocket, and that's what he spends on the trip, but his visa runs out. And so uh, the people in charge of that in Russia are like, okay, time to go home, but your visa's out of time. But... Oswald's like, no, I want to stay in Russia. Russia's the best, okay? And so these uh, government officials come, and they're trying to basically kick him out of the country. Yeah. 
and he slices his wrist open in the ho- in the hotel or wherever he's staying and bleeds all over the bathroom. Jeez. And this freaks out like the visa lady that I don't I don't remember her full title, but <laughs> this freaks out the the visa lady and they end up putting him in a psychiatric hospital. Now, what's weird about the psychiatric hospital is that it is said that four Russian officials come to visit Oswald and they talk to him and ask him, well, so you are you want to go back to the United States? Now, only four days after this meeting, you know, he kind of is calm, collected and recovers. He goes to the United States embassy and says, I want to declare that I want to re- uh, renounce my U.S. citizenship. I declare Russia, bankruptcy. Russia is the best. I want to stay here. Yeah. And so he goes through that process and the Russian government hooks him up with a sweet house. Now, he wanted to go to Moscow State University, but the Russians put him to work in a factory. But the job... <laughs> very, very uh, very communist. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, but <laughs> what's weird is that his pay was subsidized. He has a sweet house, he's got a dope life, and he's got a ton of money. Which okay? is... Uh, okay, so this is the, where I start to be like, this is suspect. Right, something's up. He somehow got a hookup with the how, Russian government. How do you how do you go from we want you out of the country, please slit your wrists or whatnot, to to like, uh, hey, we're gonna hook you up with a with a great deal. This is where I start to get into the into the it was the Russians uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, there's it's a weird time frame for him. Now he eventually returns to the states, and a lot of historians assume it is because he falls in love with this gal named Ella German, who is a Russian, but she re- she basically rejects him, and she says, I'm afraid to go out with an American because you're American, and mm. Russians don't like Americans. Sure. And so then, you know, we see a shift in Lee Harvey Oswald's writings uh, in his journals, and he basically exclaims, you know, I have all this money, and I can't spend it anywhere in Russia because there's no <laughs> nightclubs, there's no bowling alleys, there's no fun in Russia. <laughs> And you so can't spend money in Russia. I he wonder why. <laughs> he eventually moves back to the United States, okay? And there there's some implications about him taking care of his mother, but he gets married, and then there's statements about him being changed. Like, he's a little bit more of a jerk. At mm. least that's how the writings um, put it across. Now, mm. then, like, he he, for some reason, you know... There's a bunch of strange things with embassies. Uh, Oswald gets involved with trying to plan out these elaborate trips to the Cuban embassy, and he writes to the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C. about certain things. Very strange. Doesn't he say at one point, like, I could have finished my business, or we should have finished our business already, or something to that effect? There's something. He writes to the Russians about some weird... like. Implying that he's in on something. There's a lot going on with Oswald. Okay, there's he just seems like a really shady figure from he his bio. Figure, okay. Sure. So he kills JFK from the sixth floor of the Texas School Depository. Okay, and after that he runs away and ends up killing Officer Tippy, thinking that they're hunting him, even though they really don't know where they're going. And that murder leads to his arrest at the Texas theater by officer McDonald, which I thought it was ironic because basically what happened was Oswald punches uh, McDonald and McDonald hits him back, but he's unarmed. So he accuses McDonald of police brutality, (laughs) (laughs) which is just like, come on, man, just give it up. (laughs) 
So Oswald's obviously going to be put on trial oh, yeah. for this, right? He's going to get the chair. He's going to have the death sentence. But before he can even reach that, on Sunday, November 24th, 1963, this man named Jack Ruby, an owner of a Dallas nightclub, kills Oswald in the basement of the Dallas police headquarters as he's being transported to his court hearing. I and believe. this is on live TV. This happens on live TV. You were showing me a picture. Yeah. Of this actually, like him pulling oh, the gun. Oh, it's crazy. On Oswald. Like everybody's like shocked. And, oh. Now, I know that from what I've painted so far, it seems like Oswald was somehow in cahoots with the Russians, right? But this Jack Ruby guy, he kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Now, a lot of what he says his motivation is, is that he just loves JFK. Mm. Like he couldn't, he was so enraged. He was crying, <laughs> crying about yeah. JFK, right? Uh, yeah, isn't it, that his quote? Like, um, like I just wanted to do it before before someone someone else got the chance, right? It was he, something like that. He he apparently has this undying, crazy love for yeah. JFK. Yeah. Okay. Supposedly. Now, the second he shoots him, he's instantly subdued by all the police officers around. Yeah. Right. Of course. And. You know, Ruby asked Dallas attorney Tom Howard to represent him. Now, what's interesting about uh, Tom Howard is that Ruby told him that in his defense, he doesn't want any name of someone named Davis to come up. <laughs> now, I don't know, you know, from, from what we're saying, you know, Dallas nightclub, Jack Ruby was actually already known to be into some sort of crime. Yeah, He was known for his prostitution, gambling, some association with gun running, different illegal activities. But his quote on Davis says this. He had been involved, so this is the quote, in quotes, had been involved with Davis, who is a gun runner, gun runner entangled in anti-Castro efforts, right? So essentially there's this character named Davis. I don't think there's much on him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if anybody knows who he is. Yeah, I don't know what what's that. What's up with that? And th there's this weird connection with um, <coughs> Cuba and what's going on with Castro and the communist yeah. movement. In there, there's a bunch of different things with that. If you don't know about how cu the the Cuban mi Missile Crisis and all these other different that had like just Cold happened. War era that had just happened moments. a couple months earlier. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into another theory with that that links to this. Right. <laughs> um, but so many theories. Even though Ruby had told Tom Howard to not talk about this, Tom Howard was quickly replaced by San Francisco defense attorney Melvin Belly, who agreed to represent Ruby pro bono, which is just for free, essentially. Yeah. So suddenly there's this well-experienced attorney who shows up and says, I'll do it for free, uh, which is <laughs> weird and shady. I don't know a lot of lawyers who do things for free, okay? Um, Unless they're paid by uh, the government, know, but they're still else. being paid, okay? Or the mob. I mean, you could argue, of course, that you know Melvin Belly just wanted the fame behind it, and I'm sure that's what he said. Okay, mm. but still a little strange. Um, Ruby is then sentenced to the electric chair in 1966, but there, or no, he's called to the electric chair right away. Actually, 1963, right? There's a huge uproar. But in 1966, before that even happened, which is weird, there's like a three-year gap. Um, well, usually when people are, are on death row, it takes a while. It okay. takes a long time. Yeah, yeah. There's a call for a retrial due to 
excessive publicity bias because nobody really liked Ru- Ruby, right? Well, and his the and the killing was on TV, and you know there was a bunch of media. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of people wanted to know Oswald's side of it, right? People sure. wanted to hear what actually went down. Now, the rehearing was scheduled on 1967, but of course, Ruby becomes ill and uh, is admitted to a hospital you might know <laughs> the Parkland Hospital now I didn't touch on this <laughs> this is where it gets crazy the Parkland Hospital okay this Parkland Hospital was the same hospital that JFK was taken to also the same hospital that Oswald was taken to after he oh was shot. Gosh. Okay. So both of these people were taken to this hospital. All three of them. All three of them. Die in the in the in, in that same hospital. Okay. Now <sighs> Ruby had connections to the underworld in Dallas, right? There are multiple people saying that he had been in, included in these narcotics, prostitution, gambling, gun running. Uh, you know, there's a DJ that worked at his nightclub that clearly supports this and other people who are associated with him, right? So he he was I mean, already okay, a little shady, all right? He died from lung cancer at the age 55 on January 3rd in 1967 from a blood clot in his lungs, right? That was associated with the lung cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> it, it it there's a lot of weird weird stuff. Now, uh, okay, so Ruby was definitely, definitely involved with the mob. Like, for sure. Right? That seems pretty obvious because of his connections with crime. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nightclub owner. Come on. Come on. You know, you look, dude, if you look at his picture online, he looks, he looks like totally like a gangster. Yeah. Okay. He's got the the swagger down. (laughs) Now, the Dallas Commission concluded that Oswald and Ruby were both acted alone. Um, but, of course, polls from 1966 to 2004 show that 80% of Americans think otherwise. Yeah. I, a lot of people it's, don't buy it. I don't buy it. And there's a ton of theories that oh, have yeah, outburst from this. You know, I, I, you can tell from Cameron and I that we have sort of a resounding idea that, okay, maybe the Russians were involved, right? There, yeah. there is some aspect of the Russians being involved on this. And during the Cold War is just, there are tons of different classified ideas of, you know, these black ops missions or, you know, these Cold War era tactics and of espionage and whatnot I mean, yeah, going this on. Was, this was the age of spies and espionage and, yeah, subversion. Yeah, so it, it really wouldn't come as a surprise that the Russians had some sort of involvement. And there was also... A link to the mob because what is not this is you see I started looking into these different conspiracy theories and I I went to a Business Insider list okay not the not the most viable source but I was just kind of looking for overviews I read a couple different articles as well and there is a huge theory that links to the mafia and I mean of course you can tell that we think Ruby is somehow connected to the mafia right but the mafia theory says that both organizations oh wait uh hold on the mafia theory actually links the mafia to cuba which is kind of funny so there's actually two mafia theories and i want to break them down really quick Mm. the first one is directly linked with jfk okay jfk there there are these ideas that the mafia helped 
convert or change the election polls to keep JFK yeah, in office. Uh, this one's the the more I don't I don't I don't buy this. No, I don't I don't know about this one hundred percent. But my history teacher taught me about this in in the past, so part of me was convinced back in the day. <laughs> now there were, during the election polls, there were said to be a lot of use of dead people who voted for mm. JFK, and the idea is that the mob would go and use these fake votes to get JFK in office, right? And in return, he would kind of turn a blind eye. Now, what's interesting about the JFK administration is that JFK sent his brother directly after the mob instantly the second that he got into office. Now, JFK is killed, right? Not too long while he's in office. And then his brother later, I think it's like six months to a year somewhere, yeah. is hunted down and our, killed. Our Robert. Robert Kennedy is killed as well. And there are ideas that maybe Robert Kennedy was killed by the mob. Um, so there, that's where that link comes in, right? And Ken, and Robert Kennedy's role was to some degree to clean up the crime that the mob had established. Now, it's it's a little bit of a stretch, okay? The <sighs> other the other theory with the mob is that they had links to the CIA. Now, the CIA was theorized to be somewhat against JFK, and they used Oswald as a scapegoat uh, for the CIA assassination. He, Robert Kennedy was was assassinated several years after. It was, That's it right. was 1968. It was in a hotel yeah. kitchen, I think, right? I don't know. Something like that. I, re- I remember weird details about that. <laughs> um, but we're coming up on an hour, so see, we could talk <laughs> about this stuff for a long time. Now, this is where the CIA uh, theory comes into play. They were always opposed to JFK's stance on Cuba and communism because they didn't offer him, they didn't offer the CIA agency any air support on their failed Day of Pigs invasion, which was an I was a Bay, CIA Bay of Pigs Bay of Pigs, my bad, um, Bay of Pigs invasion, which was a failed CIA operation to overthrow Castro. Yeah, which Kevin and I were discussing. We want to do a series on Castro assassinations because oh, they man, are just ridiculous. So so the reason this is linked to the mafia is because there were ideas that the mafia had been in cahoots with the CIA in order to keep their, um, shoot, what was it? In order to keep their casinos open in Cuba. Okay. There's like some, we- like the mafia had links to casinos in Cuba and there were some sort of like. So they wanted Castro deposed essentially, right? Right. So that they could keep the, the casinos open. So they, they offered to help. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where the link comes in. Oh, and man. All, that's, that's, oh, <laughs> all so of good. this is a bit of a stretch. And like we were saying, there's KJB, uh, KGB theories, right? Uh, there's someone named Premier Nikita Khrushchev. Khrushchev? Uh, Khrushchev, yeah. Yeah, he was, Khrushchev. The, he was, he was the, the, the secretary general. Right. Yeah, he was the leader, the big man. There was this idea that he was pretty pissed from the Cuban Missile Crisis altogether. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a little bit of an idea that he wanted to make sure JFK didn't stand another second on this planet. Mm, mm. Um, not bad. And we kind of touched on the grassy knoll theory, right? Second shooter. But uh, in 1982, I just wanted to reference this. Um, a committee examined the evidence and the National Academy of Sciences Committee uh, said that the a ballistic acoustics found that reliable acoustic data does not support the conclusion that there was a second gunman, mm, mm. which is wild because I have seen documentaries of some of the best military figures trying to shoot that same type of rifle yeah. as fast as Oswald. Crazy, and, crazy. 
And they just can't do it. They can't do it, <laughs> like, match it up. So who knows? Yeah. No one will probably ever know. So he, here's my theory. Do you want to know my theory? Sure, Cameron. Aliens? No, 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 no. It's not that crazy. So I don't think... I, I'm going to bet that the Russians weren't actually directly involved. Like, they didn't hire Oswald. Um, right. But I would say the most likely theory is that he was essentially... Um, he really still wanted to um, to to be in Russia. He really still wanted to um, to get on the good side of of the Russian government. Um, and they had been the, the the KGB had essentially been calling for for hits on the president before this. Mm. Um, and so he, without necessarily being like directly uh, uh, directly contracted by the KGB. He um, he wanted to to try to get on on their good side, so he shot the president. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my. I could see that. That's my theory. Sort of stepping into the shoes. It seems that Oswald has a long, un unsatisfying life. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of the way. Well, they I've said that even the even like the the Russians said that he was crazy. Yeah, like they didn't want to work with him because he was crazy. Yeah, so he was a pretty twisted guy, for sure. I mean, <sighs> if you if you want, to just go out and kill a president. What, what's your What's your theory? What, lay it on me. Honestly, I've always thought it was the mob, like the first the first one where where he. he I just think won Jack because of the mob. Jack Ruby is such a weird outlier. You know, it's. Uh, there's something so about this is it. why this is where sort of the, the my theory and your theory could collide right right that's why i like this last part about um like jack ruby was connected with these anti-cuban um mobsters right davis right. and they were pissed off that they uh, that that um russia had had killed their boy essentially yeah so like I'm I'm willing I'm willing to go with that. I think that's a I think that's a good uh, a good theory. Well, the world will never know. I'm not again, I'm not opposed to the theory of Oswald being a sleeper agent, but that's because I like Black Ops One. So <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that that idea is really cool to me. So that about wraps it up. Yep. For presidential assassinations, huh? That was a pretty good one. Well, it's just a lot of history. <sighs> I do apologize if you don't absolutely love history like we do we do love history that's i mean that's something that's you know what's another really to good us. totally different but another really good assassination plot was what um valkyrie the uh the assassination attempt against um against hitler i just remember what were we talking about brotherhood of assassins we were talking about history of gangs yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was interesting yeah. we do have some other history episodes uh we have history of gangs Format Wars is kind of an interesting one. And History of Popular Presidents, which I absolutely hate that episode. And it is our best or our most streamed episode. You hate that episode? I hate that episode. Why? Because there's so many errors in it. Oh, yeah. That's there, true. there are errors. So if you want to go and make fun of us, you can go over there and listen to that. Well, that's okay. I don't think we'd made very many errors. Guys, listen one. to the other episodes so that I can be proud of my other work. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 17. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay. Speaking of everything of... comes from some. <laughs> Thing, Cameron. <laughs> At this point, 
it's time to get off the rails. It's and totally. we're transitioning to it's our totally. new post show. Nothing to do with anything. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Isaac Grant. Oh, come on. You don't have to do this again. I don't think we even said our names at the top of the show. Yeah, we did. I said, how are you, Cameron? And you said, I'm fine. How are you? And I'm like, I'm a nameless chunk. I don't think you said that. I'm going to be did. honest. I swear I you did. You said, I'm a nameless chunk. No, but I thought. It's on the record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. You didn't say, how are you, Isaac? And so, I was like, ugh. 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 That, that sounds like when you die in a Lego video game. Ugh. That'd be like, oh. that's what uh. they sound like. That's what they sound like. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Um, you hear like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so something interesting. We were talking about the War of eighteen twelve earlier. <sighs> this is gonna get really, really nerdy. But it reminded me of of when Castro, uh, or when when JFK was hiring the mob against Castro. So oh, really? So speaking of Andrew Jackson, so he was a he was a general in this war, I believe. Um, what is the War of 1812 all about? Oh, man, you don't want me to get into it. Just give me a 10-second overview. It's about um, British impressment of, of uh, American naval, or American, um, like, uh, basically sailors. You're tripping over your words. Okay, so Ameri- a naval war between America and Great Britain. Yes. Um, over? So Great Britain was, was kidnapping people. <laughs> Yeah, they were kidnapping people so that they could get more people in the Navy to fight the uh, Napoleonic Wars. Got you. That's all I needed to know. Yep. Keep it going. Um, Andrew Jackson. So he um, was trying to defend uh, New Orleans, um, New Orleans, and he uh, had to, he, he was basically like, like really out of luck because, because he didn't have any supplies over there and they were the people in New Orleans were not really. Um, it was a new territory, so they weren't really America, uh, uh, hoorah, you know. Yeah. Um, they weren't really all that uh, supportive, um, but they uh, basically something that he had to do was he had to hire pirates <laughs> to fight against the Andrew British. Andrew Jackson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in order to yeah like actual like pirates of of the 1800s like like real like real life are ye be stop kidnapping them americans yeah and so they in order in in turn for because they had a bunch of jeez what is so that? my brother is taking a shower now <laughs> <laughs> um I love my brother so much. So the the um, the pirates they, he needed the pirates because they had a bunch of guns, um, and so they essentially he he didn't have any arms, and so he writes that that without these pirates, America would have fallen. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's hilarious! Which is amazing. It's it, the funniest things that you don't know about the War of eighteen twelve because it's. Nobody remembers what it was. So I have something funny. And this okay. is. I mean, Did you uh, remember this? Kind of. I think this is what I was going to talk about. Okay. Have you ever had a moment of utter genius? Okay. No. I know you're you're a numbskull. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a moment of utter genius the other day. Okay. You see, I have this atrocious class called the history of economic thought. Not to say it's not interesting. Okay. Oh, when are you going to learn about hike? Uh, we might have already passed over Hayek. Did you learn about Marx? Not yet. Gosh. Marx is coming. Marx oh, is coming. Gosh. Right now we are on 
I'm trying to remember the name. <laughs> Some Lock. guy. Nope. Adam Smith. Nope. Past Smith. Mm. Bunch of names. Bunch Past of names. Mandeville. There's you should probably know this because you're taking the class. Well, I'm writing an essay on uh, Bernard Mandeville and the Fable of Bees. So that's really what I care about right now. <laughs> okay. Anyways, my my teacher has this heavy British accent, right? Mm. And he starts talking. What about kind of British accent? Blue collar. Oh, so like, uh, so like, uh, uh, what's it called? What? What's that? What's that? I accent? cannot do the accent for um, the life of me. So, but he always does this. All right. Like he always, uh, all right. Okay. He kind of like talks like Davy Jones sometimes. All right. <laughs> so he says this idea of circulating capital and mm-hmm. like structural capital. And as he's talking about circulating capital is this idea of some sort of commodity that you hand to purchase something. And then from a producer's standpoint, structural capital, and I might be getting the term this wrong. I don't know if it's structural, mm-hmm. uh, is something that you buy and use to the point of wearing down. So sure. like it would be an air conditioning unit, a building, a computer for your workers, things like that. Now, the moment I had a little tip-off is when someone said, oh, is a car a circulating, uh, like, circulating capital? It's like, yeah, because you sell it and trade it, and then you sell it, and you trade it, and you sell it, and you trade it. And then I'm like, it wears down. And then I'm thinking, it wears down. Yeah, yeah. What about a building? Because you buy and sell that, and people buy and sell that. So I raise my hand, and I say, so is all structural capital also circulating capital? And I watch the steam come out of my teacher's ears, dude. <laughs> he, like, stared up into the sky, and he's like, I have never heard anyone ask me that question. <laughs> like, he was, like, completely blown. Like, well, he was like, what on earth? And then, like, we had this long discussion. He's like... Well, I could assume you argued that, like, like that, like he, like then he, like he just started freestyling off of it, and then he looks at the quiz that he's about to hand us, and he's like, "This is so," he's like, "This is so confusing now, right?" Yeah. Like, because like, now it makes like no sense. I just, I was like, "I'm very." You smart. blew him away. I'm super you just blew him away. I was feeling very cocky the other day. Okay. I don't know why I met this guy named Gregory. Shout out to Gregory if you're listening to this. I met him in a coffee shop, and he was asking me. He was like. Oh, like, what are you doing with your... He asked me the weirdest question. I can't believe a stranger would ask me this. <laughs> he said, are you a keg in the machine? Or are you, you driving... a cog? A cog. Are you a keg in the machine? <laughs> yeah. Did I say this last week? <laughs> no, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I said a keg in a machine. And oh, you're like, you said the same thing. <laughs> okay? Um, are you a keg in the machine? All right, that's going to be one of my new phrases. Or are you driving the machine? And I said, I could fill some big boots. I'll drive the machine. And he believed me. This guy I've never met in my life. He was like, you sound like someone that could drive a machine. And I was like, I don't want to be an a-hole, but I think I can do it. All right. So hold me to it. Hold me to it, audience. All right, I'll hold you to it. We got like 10 minutes left of this post show. Dude, I'm I'm wearing two different socks right now. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed. But one of them has swordfish on them. And one of them, my feet, my toes are sticking out of. One of them, you're looking homeless, like that guy <laughs> wears, like the guy wears the same clothes every day. What's it's just? Name? It's laundry day. It's laundry day. Man. You haven't done your laundry. Yet. That's right. I know. I need to, but I just, I just needed to wear socks, and I was like, I got to put on two different socks. Wild. Got to put on two different socks. I do like these swordfish socks, though. They're pretty cool. 
I have another pair that says relax on them that make me feel good. Like, ah, relax. (laughs) Remind me, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's great, dude. (laughs) I love it. Um, So, something we were talking about earlier, not to be awkward silence. That was a pregnant pause. It was quite nine months pregnant. Um, We... We're talking about collaborations between companies that are just odd. And I was trying to think of like ones that you, you could think of off the bat. We were talking about Taco Bell and all of its console giveaways mm. through its boxes because we had Taco Bell for lunch and that was an experience. Yeah. It I sure never was. expected the inside of a taco to look like soup. It really came back. <laughs> you know, this episode. It made a guest appearance. Jeez. <laughs> I gotta go run a mile or something after this. Oh gosh. I mean, I yeah, I feel that. So there's console giveaways, and there's like gaming XP with Doritos and Mountain Dew. Do you remember? I know McDonald's had a bunch of toys. Yeah, that like collaborated with. Wasn't that weird? Different though. things. That's not weird. The weirdest one is the the Super Mario t- the Super Mario movie. What? Do you remember this? Yeah, the I know what action, you're talking about. The live action 80s? Mario movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Yeah, that's a pretty weird crossover. It's not a crossover. What? What are we? This is the worst spin topic ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of any like any actual crossovers. Well, 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 then. Besides laundry, what the heck are you doing with your life, Cameron? Oh man, We're, we we spent way too much time researching. I know my brain is numbed from all the learning. I've been playing a lot of Black Ops 4. Mm. I have I just a re- got it. So. I have a review coming out for you guys Ooh. on YouTube. Oh, yeah, pimp that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just finishing it up. So if you're interested in that, check it out on YouTube. It'll probably be up within the next week. Cool. That's what I want to I wanna get it out there. I have. It's weird because I record my thoughts, and I, I, I'm always surprised about like how much I leave out mm. and how much more I want to say, but I... The video doesn't need to be that long, right? Right. You know, right, right. Uh, it's mostly like ideas that I don't hear. You know, you know what bothers me It's like the useless review. <laughs> Just on a lot of things, they're telling you if you're excited for a product and you go to f- see a review, they tell you things that you already know about the product. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like you look at the I okay. Look at like phone reviews on YouTube. Oh, all right. Those are the worst. They start telling you this. I kind of hate tech reviews. I, I enjoy, you know what? I'll shout out a certain channel I really enjoy. It's called Dave2D. That's probably my favorite, okay. uh, uh, like, tech review channel. He, I think I just like the way his voice sounds and also the way that he presents stuff. He's got a good head on his shoulders when it comes to design, and, and he takes into a lot of different accounts for the tech he reviews. But the only tech reviews that I like are the ones that that, that review, like, $50,000 things that I could never afford. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, those are fun. Like, mm. M- MKBHD. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. There's, it's it's weird when they start like covering items that you know already exist. Yeah, like for example, when the iPhone seven, eight was announced, they talked about like the portrait mode, yeah. and then every review spent like thirty seconds on the portrait mode. Like, yeah. The portrait mode is amazing and it doesn't work well in low light, but overall, it's a great experience. I'm like, dude. Okay, like, obviously, <laughs> like, you want to know the portrait mode's fine, and I guess they want to make it all-inclusive, but, okay, for specifically the example of Black Ops 4, 
everyone has played Call of Duty, okay? Yeah. To some degree. Or most people who care, or the people that are going to buy it, sure. know what they're expecting. So what you really want to know, if you're looking at a Black Ops review, is what's new? What's, like... You want to know what the user experience is like, yeah, right? Yeah. And when someone says, Zombies is the classic formula that's returned for <laughs> the 400th time, and it's as good as ever, that tells me absolutely nothing yeah, about like the product. A, that's like a sentence that negates itself. Call me a hypocrite, because my review will definitely have moments where I say, Zombies is really great. Okay, I do say that, but then I'll tell you why I feel that yeah, way. Yeah, but that's different than being like zombies. The same zombies that you had last time is zombies as ever. My favorite <laughs> part of the Black Ops reviews currently are that a lot of people are complaining about racial stereotypes with the zombies characters. Really? And there's some really bad jokes in there. Like there's one with Takio, old Takio, talking about sushi. And the, yeah, that's like that's what always happens. The, yeah, they're always racial racial stereotypes. Yeah, right? Germans and the Japanese, German, and Russian, and American yeah, stereotypes. Exactly. Right? That's and Japanese stereotype. So yeah. that's what they've always been, right? But then like the reviews marked down the score for Black Ops because of this. What? Yeah, no joke. Like I wa- I looked at the Dude, game. Did they play Black Ops One? That that <laughs> game that game was like supremely. The GameSpot review, the one negative, like one of the two negatives in the negative wow. section was outdated jokes that are offensive. Oh my goodness. And I was like, really? That's You're like, marking down the game mode what, for voice lines that you can turn off? Wait, were they like... Okay, so... Are I they, mean, granted, are the they, jokes are like for three-year-olds. There's a line where Tagio's like, I think I make dishonor to my undergarments because he talks about how it made him queasy or something. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. They, that's but are they as bad? Like, I remember they were like pretty... Pretty they're, racy jokes. They're in, not as bad Black as Black Ops One. Like Black Ops One, when Nicholas like tastes like my fourth wife. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's like, a, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that's yeah. a stereotype. Or, or Dempsey. Dempsey is like, <laughs> like yelling, swearing all over the place. You know. Yeah, I yeah, Nikolai with the vodka stereotypes. Yeah. Everything he talks oh, about is vodka. Vodka. <laughs> my fourth wife. <laughs> That's all he says, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I, this smells like my fourth one. The fact that it's the same. Like, I don't know. Is it, isn't it Call of Duty banked on the fact of nostalgia? Yeah. So you're going to well, mark it down for that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's just kind of silly. It it doesn't do anything to the to the experience. Like you said, you could turn it off. Well, that is definitely a buying selling point for a review. So thank goodness God. you included that. They just want social points. That's That's, that's all what, they want. Yeah, I know. It's just strange to me. Yeah. Jeez. <sighs> we got five minutes left of the post show. So this, how are you doing? How's this post show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we have a pretty fun topic to talk about. We don't have a topic in the post show. That's kind of, well, that's true. I guess the post show has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, we just kind of go off. How's my life? Yeah, how's your life? Well, I finished house sitting for a zoo. Yeah. That was fun. For his, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had like, <laughs> what did you have? Like 14 chickens. That is why I decided to do a Black Ops review. Two so. pigs, 11. <laughs> all, all I did was 11 take sheep. care of animals and play Black Ops 4. So That sounds like a good time, forgive, actually. Mm, not when you're cleaning up poop and pee every other hour or so. How big do, How big is chicken chicken poop? Oh, I didn't clean the chicken poop. Oh, really? Yeah, you just walk into the coop and it's just like stepping in dung. Oh, okay. So, so they're just like really just sitting on their poop all day. They seem to enjoy it. 
They seem to mock mock about it. The scariest okay. moment was when the chickens decided to wander out in the dubious unknown of the tennis court. <laughs> and the dogs suddenly noticed that they were walking out. So the dogs began to play night jousting with the chickens, <laughs> running them over and smashing their skulls against the concrete. Yeah, one of the dog the dog is a is a German Shepherd. So yeah. so really if he wanted he could just like tear this. The scariest apart. moment I had was when one of these chickens jumped up onto the dog house, which is next to the chicken coop. Okay. And the fatter small dog, which is also there, jumped up onto <laughs> the dog house as well to okay. eat the chicken or something. Are you gonna get it then are you gonna get chicken, in trouble yes. for, from your Then the yeah. chicken no none of none of her family listens to this. Oh, okay. Then the chicken uh out of defense flies up onto the cage, the upper part of the of the fence of the tennis court mm-hmm. to avoid the dog. Now sure. The house I was watching for has a vegetarian and a vegan living in this house. <laughs> and the vegan told me that she would castrate me if uh, any of her animals went missing or died. So you must imagine how much stress sure. uh, fused into my bloodstream. You the second really I saw like... this chicken almost over the fence, and the fence faces a like forest. <laughs> like If this chicken got out, it would be gone. You would forever. have to buy another chicken. You would have to like literally replace the chicken. Yeah, but the thing is, is that she knows what they look like, so it was not even worth it, right? No, could you find? You don't think Luckily, you could find a, a convincing Luckily, I threw a ball up the stairs from the tennis court, and the dogs followed. I locked them out, and I somehow got the chicken down. I don't even remember how I got it down. Do these chickens? Do they fly, or do they just kind of like flap? They flap fly. Okay. A long time ago, when chickens I was. Flew? And this might tell you how uh, things worked out with my first girlfriend. But uh, <laughs> my first girlfriend had chickens as well. And she was like, oh, like, look at these chickens, how fun they are. And I was like, watch, I can make chickens fly. And I picked a chicken up and just chucked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Wait, terrible. Really? Yeah. And, Why? And uh, th- it flew. How far did it fly? It like it would like flap like to to make a good landing. I imagine like um what was that uh Did the chicken like it? Well it was pooping the whole time. There was like that PS3 game about chickens. I think it was called oh, it was called Fluster Cluck. That was what it was called. I have no idea what that is. Really? But no. they had like the cartoon chicken had like had like had like cross-eyed and like looked crazy, you know? Um that's what I imagine when you picked up and threw I the really chicken. like chickens. Really? I think they're funny. They taste good. Yum. Sometimes. When you season them, right? Ooh, I made uh, I made chicken fried rice yesterday. Ooh. It was delicious. Ooh. I do like chicken. I like Chick-fil-A, too. Oh, yeah. Eat more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... We have a lot of stuff to do tonight. Oh, dang. Man. Thank goodness you're, you're hanging out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to the gym? Yeah. Okay. It's time to go. I'll go visit there, and then I'll come back. Okay. Well, you know, everyone's hearing this on Monday, so they're definitely going to follow you there. Sure. Okay. All right. What do you... What? what are, what's our plan? I will see you later. Oh. Are we going to see the audience later? I will see you Thanks, later. audience. Have fun, and... Uh, Please don't kill any presidents. Good Lord. 